Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah. This is your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I'm in the executive suite, Studio A, today with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. Well, uh, can I say good afternoon, maybe? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, every once in a while... uh, my schedule conflicts with what we got going on. We end up recording right. a little bit later in the day, but you know, I appreciate your grace and your mercy. That's right. Even for those, I'm Gumby, a wretch like me, flexible. You know? <laughs> All right, so we are studying the tour portion this week. Big surprise! The tour portion this week is Be Shalach, which is when he. Sent. This is found in the book of Exodus, starting in chapter 13 and verse 17, and ending in chapter 17 and verse 16. Excellent. Excellent. So once again, the book of Exodus is, of course, the book of redemption. Just a little review here, a little outline to help you. Uh, Exodus is the book of redemption. And a key word found in the book of Exodus is the word deliver, deliver. Uh, a key expression is As the Lord commanded Moses. I love that. As the Lord commanded Moses. I like to think of that in my own personal life. And with the Lord and the pastor of this church, uh, as the Lord commands, I do, right? What did Paul say? As I follow Christ, follow me. So once again, uh, we've got some incredible uh, revelations here at Beit Tehillah and a great vision uh, that's worldwide. And that's why we were doing Christians with Torah podcasts for all of you listeners because the Father loves you. He wants to speak to you, not through, of course, our sense of humor or our personalities or opinions, mm. but He wants to speak to you by His Word. Amen to that. And so we know that He's speaking to us. So once again, uh, chapters 1 through 18 is, of course, all about deliverance. Uh, don't be afraid of deliverance. Yeshua came to set the people free. So deliverance is a good thing. And of course, as you know, in this particular Torah portion, we are still in uh, the theme of deliverance, because we won't get into the theme of worship or the Sinai instructions until chapter 19. So Ryan's going to go ahead and start reading. And oh, and by the way, uh, the good news is this book actually is from groan to glory. Remember hey, that, from groan to glory. You know, one of the seven habits of highly effective people is begin with the end in mind. And one of the things that I really like about the way we look at these Torah portions and the way we look at the books is we can always see that it starts with groan but it ends with glory. Yes, we get a happy ending. That's right. So Ryan's going to be reading Exodus chapter 13, verses 17, uh, I guess, through 22. All right. Verses 17 to 22, Exodus chapter 13. uh, we're, We're past the Passover story here. Now we're getting into some good stuff. That's right, baby. And it says here, And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near, For God said, Lest peradventure the people repent when they see war, and they return to Egypt. But God (laughs) led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up 
harnessed out of the land of Egypt. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. Woohoo! For he had straightly sworn the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and ye shall carry up my bones away hence with you. And they took their journey from Sukkot and encamped with uh, in Etam in the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud and led the way, uh, led them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of the fire by night from before the people. Hallelujah. Wow. So once again, as you look at the, the Hebrew roots uh, of the Christian faith, where is it taking us? Where are we going? And so once again, here is the, uh, the first question, which is very good. Uh, what was the reason God led the children of Israel through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea instead of through the land of the Philistines? It's because he he wanted to make sure they didn't have to see war because he thought they would get you know yeah they didn't have any and, training they just they have a slave mentality yeah a kind of a beat down you know yeah he needs to he needs to you know con- and they're getting to know the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob all right, over again right, right. they probably had something like an oral tour going on or something but and it's interesting that it's the Philistines too that they had to avoid you know I mean just and remember when Moses came to the people Ryan he says listen the Lord heard heard your cries he knows of your affliction. He's come to deliver you, and he's going to use me. He's asked me to do this and can go with you and help you. So I thought that was interesting. And so, of course, uh, what did Moses do? But he took the bones of Joseph out of Egypt. <clears throat> wow, that's incredible. Boy, is that symbolic or what? It is symbolic. It's symbolic of even all of us. Well, and it's great because they're taking Joseph with them. I mean, how important is Joseph? Important enough to take his bones. That's right, and check this out. In Genesis... Uh, where do we find this? Fifty twenty-five. I'll read it. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, "God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from hence." Now, the Joseph's bones are found in Shechem, which is the modern-day city or an Arab city today of called Nablus. Yeah, and uh, in which between, is just the Roman yeah, name, right? This is a, this valley. Is interesting because in this valley, that's what Shechem means on the shoulders of. On the shoulders of would be Mount Gerizim and Mount Mount Ebal. So that's where uh, the pruners are going. That's right. They're 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 actually uh, Hayavel's headquarters is actually located um, on Mount Gerizim, which is the blessing. Uh, and so you know, you know, the question is, you know, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would you live? Where would you want your little carcass to sit? Your bones. Um, I'm thinking the Galilee. Well, that's a, a pretty yeah. pretty uh, specific uh, I, geographical area there. I, mean, I think I'm going to get there Israel. and run for office, actually. I'll take whatever I can I think get. I'm going to be governor of... Um, of, of the Decapolis? <laughs> <laughs> the Ten Cities? Yes. You know, uh, what else stands out here is that the Lord guided his people by day in a pillar of cloud, uh, and then, of course, uh, and by night in a pillar of fire. Uh, and so I find I find this interesting. One of my favorite verses of all time, and even when I'm praying with people, it's Psalm thirty-seven twenty-three, and it says this: "The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way." I love that. Think about it: the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Now, this word "ordered" means uh, established. It literally means 
established. So the steps of a good man are established by the Lord, mm-hmm. and he delighteth in his way. You know, those that you listening to this podcast can be reassured that, hey, you know, God is establishing things for me in my life. He has established the Torah in my life. He has established the clean and unclean meats for me, to eat the, the clean meats. You know, he, he's established for me the Shabbat and the Sabbath, the feast days, you know, in the Torah portions, which we're sharing with you now. And even in Isaiah 48, I'm going to go there, in Isaiah 48, Ooh. verse 17, there's a lot of verses that you can talk about God leading us and stuff, but it's very important that we that we do follow his leading, you know. Um, it, it's like this famous saying, is the road that you're on leading to God? It's a good word. It is. All right, Isaiah 48, 17. Here we go. Thus saith the Lord, the Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to profit, which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldest go. You know, a lot of people have poverty because they're just all over the place. Can't yeah. hold on a job, don't know where they're going to live. You know, we got to set up roots. Sure. Uh, thank you, Holy Spirit. And, and, and that reminds me, you know, the prophet Jeremiah, w- 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 he was telling those that were going into captivity, listen, you're going to be in Babylon for 70 years. Set up shop, set your business up, get your houses established because you're going to be there a little while. You know, he didn't want them to be transient, you know, just all over the place. So I I like that. The Lord guided his people by day and a pillar uh, of a cloud by day, and then by night, a pillar of fire. Which I I love that. That's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Don't you ever just wish God would would show you, you know, the way you should go in the pillar of a fire? Like, make it, like, so obvious, like, hey, I'm going this way. All right, I'm coming, you know? Well, you know, it's just like people talk about the one new man, or, well, well, how is that going to happen unless Jews and Gentiles come together? You know, Wait, how, so Ephraim and Judah would have to come together for there to be a one new man? And, and also for the two sticks to become one. What? That's they should be in Judah. your life somehow yeah, or some yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so that's just something to consider. Uh, let's jump into Exodus chapter 14, verses 1 through 9. Ryan's going to read. We love the public reading of scriptures uh, because whatever you speak comes towards you. Remember that. Whatever you speak comes towards you, and that's what's happening. Oh, yeah. Definitely the best words in the podcast are the ones that we read from the scriptures. Amen. All right, so here it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they turn and encamp before Pihirot, between Migdal and the sea, over against Baal-Zephon, before it, shall, before it shall ye encamp by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, They are entangled in the land the wilderness hath shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, that he shall follow after them, and I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his host, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. And it is, and it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people. And they said, Why have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? And he made ready his chariot and took his people with him, And he took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. The children of Israel went out with a high high hand. But the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them encamping by the sea beside Pihahirot before Baal-Zephon. 
Wow, that's some big time words there. Yeah, baby. You just so, say them like you know what they I'll mean. I'll tell you, that's yeah. right. So, so Pharaoh pursued the children of Israel uh, after they left Egypt with 600 chariots and a hardened heart. The children of Israel were sore afraid, and oh, they cried out to the Lord. Boy, their backs were literally up against a wall of water. And so in Exodus 14, 13, I love what Moses says here. He says, listen, and Moses said unto the people, fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. Yes. So Moses had the inside scoop. Like when I'm declaring all these things, even a bait to heal that, you know, one day we'll have a, a, a bait to heal Israel. You know, it's because I've seen something. I know something. Yes, please. And those people that are new are like, what is he speaking? What is he talking about? <laughs> this guy's Looney Tune. What is this all about? I'm, I'm in Brandon, <laughs> Florida. I mean, they're like seven hours ahead of us in time and 6,000 miles away. Oh, yeah. But remember, the Greek word for promise is epigelia. Epigelia. It means a divine assurance of good. So just remember, even as you get your Hebrews, your, your back's up against the wall, the enemy's pursuing you. He's not just going to rest and let you go. No. He doesn't want these prophecies to be fulfilled. He doesn't want you to have it, and, and then, of course, your children to have it. That's like 1 Corinthians you know, 16, it just, it 9. Just, it just bothers me, you know. It's kind of interesting, you know. It's like these families that come, these adults come, and, and then they quit coming, and they just don't buy into church, they don't believe in church or the community, and that's, that's what they're telling their kids. Yep. Yeah, listen, you don't have to go to church. You don't have to, you have to pay no heed to that. You know, because mommy and daddy, you know, we're not going. We don't believe in church. And what you do, you just you just shoot yourself in the foot. Boy, do the you. scriptures say you will return you and your children. Oh, and listen up, everybody. If you look up that word, you know, uh, you know, convocation or the feasts, uh, the connotation right there is that you are commanded to come together. Come together. See, you are commanded to come together with other believers. But that's Why? the hard part. He brings you out to bring you in. And I, I've always loved church. You know, ever since I was little, even in, at Mass and, and the, in the Catholic Church, I always loved, I loved church. I knew what church was, that it's, it's a place for God and all these other things. Amen So once again, uh, something to think about. So the Lord was going to fight for the Israelites. That's what the scriptures say. He's fighting for us, Ryan. He's fighting for Israel and the Jewish people. I right need now. him to fight for me because I can't fight for myself effectively. And you know, it's interesting too. If you go back and even look at our culture today, even the politicians, those that are for Israel and those that are against, you know, God is actually uh, revealing Himself to, to those that love Israel and the Jewish people, and they realize that if they do this, they'll be blessed. Because it says, I will bless those that bless you, I will curse those that curse you. Yeah. I'm telling you, bring no harm to the Jewish people. Okay? Don't. Do it. Don't do Bless it. Bless them. So the Lord was going to divide the sea so the Israelites could cross. And I love this. The angel of God came between the camp of the Egyptians, which was darkness, and the camp of Israel had light all night. Wow. That's, that's awesome. That See, how awesome. many people are in darkness right now, Ryan? It says the God of this world has blinded the minds of those to receive the gospel. Which is heartbreaking. They don't recognize the need for a redeemer because yeah. they've been blinded. Hey, I'm a good person. And all these things, and we know we don't want to be on the side of darkness. I shared it before, and I'll share it again. I know on this podcast, and I won't get into it for the sake of time, but in the Gospels, it actually talks about that men love darkness more than the light. How could you love darkness more than the light? I don't care what habitual sin you're committing or what, what you're going through or what you're doing. Sin is sin. Wrong is wrong. We should you know, renounce it. 
renounce Amen. these things. Amen. Amen. Because God is light, and we don't want darkness. It's interesting too, because if you look at the book of Leviticus, chapters one through uh, seventeen is the way to God, and chapters eighteen to twenty-seven is the walk with God. Now, in Leviticus eighteen, it, it talks about these sexual sins that are done in secret, behind closed doors. Right. So God is saying, listen, if you're if you're doing these things, you're not walking with me. You know, the wages of sin is death. Sin separates us from God. And sin is, of course, missing the mark. But I love this. But but Moses stretched forth his rod over the sea, and the Israelites crossed over on dry ground with a wall of water on both sides. That's crazy, right? That's that's a cool scene in the in the Prince of Egypt. It is, and yeah, when yeah. You're walking through it, and you can see the big fish in yeah. the water. Well, I hope they don't come out and become a mammal. No, I mean I've, over the years they've land. done you know several depictions, like even the old Charlton Heston one. I mean, it's just when you see the fish swimming on the wall of water, it's kind of creepy. It, well, that yeah, no, and and also magnificent. I mean, how how awesome is God that his his finger he can just you know split the sea and and to the point where like it's almost like an aquarium, right, where you could see the fish. It says, on side. listen, it says on dry ground, Ryan. Oh yeah. It wasn't muddy and mar- you know what that'd be be like. You've been be in tough. sand. Yeah, you can't do anything yeah. with sand. No, you can't. He said over on dry ground. They had wagons, they had livestock. But I love this. You know how many how many like God has a sense of humor. Check out Exodus 14:25, Ryan. Let's let's read this one. Exodus 14:25. Exodus 14:25. All right, here it is. And took off their chariot wheels that uh that drave them heavily, so that the Egyptians said, "Let us flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. And they didn't have AAA. Their, their wheels are flying off, you know. And, of course, you know, that, that's what happened. Uh, the Lord took off the chariot wheels of the Egyptians as they pursued the Israelites. He was, his hand was, was for them, to help them. I love that. Uh, Moses stretched forth his rod a second time over the sea, and the water collapsed upon the Egyptians, and they all drowned. Yikes. And it says they all drowned, which means what was Pharaoh saying? <laughs> I think, because some that's what he was saying. Yeah, because some of these, uh, some of these depict him as, as staying alive, and uh, I don't think he's like the Bee Gees, you know. No, so think about it. So, so the enemy drowned. So we're going to move into Exodus chapter fifteen, verses one through seven. I'm going to go ahead and read. I love this because it says Moses' song. I got a song for everything. Let's check out Exodus chapter fifteen, verses one through seven. Moses' song. Then saying Moses. And the children of Israel, this song unto the Lord and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him an habitation. My father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host hath he cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank into the bottom as a stone. Thy right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces thy enemy. And in the greatness of thine excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sentest forth thy wrath, which consumed them, as stubble. Wow. And there it is. It's a song. And so the Lord became to the children of Israel, he became salvation. Wow, yeah. Which is Yeshua. Come on, somebody. It's number 3444 in the Strong's Concordance. So the Lord has become their Yeshua. 
Now we can see this picture right here with his with his right arm. He saved them, right? Well, who is the right arm of God? But Yeshua, Yeshua, which means salvation. Uh, you know, and think about it. So uh, I, I do have a special song at the end of the podcast that that God inspired me to write. Uh, I was so impressed; it really touched me. It's 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 a song that we'll, we'll finish up with. But uh, the question is, can you sing a song in regard to your own personal salvation experience? And I can say. Yes. Hallelujah, yeah. So we're moving on to the enemy now, and of course, this is what's going to happen. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. You know, think about it. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. You know, it's interesting too, what comes to my mind, Ryan, is in Revelation, I believe it's chapter 12, where the enemy is pursuing the woman in the wilderness. Yeah. And the earth opens up to swallow what? The water. Now, what's interesting is that because of that, you go on and read, uh, there's, a, there's a period of time there, if I'm not mistaken, three and a half years, but in the wilderness or a place of you know refuge, uh, what's interesting is the fact that there's provision and protection for those that are on the run. Very, very... Interesting. And we know that Lucifer, Satan had five I wills. Uh, we find this actually in the Old Testament. He said, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, five times. And God says, uh, you're going in the pit. Yeah, he said, no, you won't. <laughs> you're going in the pit. So, so Ryan, here's the question. Uh, what are some of the ways that Satan tries to invade our lives and bring harm? Oh, wow. What are some of his his schemes, his his wiles? What, what do you think? Just, just give me, a, give me a couple. Uh, so I would say that uh, one of the ways is by convincing you that he's not real. Very good. Yeah, Very, that there is no devil. He right. loves that. Oh, he does love. Oh, that. he loves. So that. all those people that say there's no devil, there's no hell. Uh, good luck with that. That's uh, more power to you. Um, and then uh, I would also say that he is a deceiver, right? So his his trick is to get you to doubt God. So a that he doesn't exist, and then to chip away at the foundation of your faith, right? Oh. Well, did you? Did God really say? That's right. Did God really say? That's, that's like the first that, thing you ever said. I was going to write that down. Yeah, yeah. You're right on top of it. Wait, hey, listen. You know, um, did God really say? Did He really say? And then, you know, um, I would also venture to say that through temptations. So uh, one of the problems is that you know he can't he can't you know necessarily get in your mind, right? But all I can tell you is that if Amazon can suggest things to you. Because they know before you know that you're going to want to buy that. Just imagine the logarithm that Satan has been working with all this time, you know, reading your mail, eating your lunch, right? I mean, just letting, you know, so when he comes after you with something, it's the right time, it's the right place for you to falter. And you know, this is something that I I believe is true, but I I, I got a pastor friend of mine was sharing this with me. And I've heard this in more than one time. He was talking about how he wanted to get a surfboard and he's thinking about surfing, now, listen, Ryan, he never, ever looked it up. So now, within the next day, his algorithm of speaking something was showing up on his phone in ads. Now, that's creepy. No, it, it is I'm, creepy. I'm just saying that. Because like, I didn't turn on Alexa. I didn't turn on Google Assistant. And that stuff happens to me all the time. I'll be so having a conversation. going on. Oh, it's whacked out. So that's what I'm saying. You know, we can't hide anything, really. Mm-hmm. So, a matter of fact, when we had this uh, pastor's luncheon, we had um, we had um, uh, the attorney Gibbs was there giving us advice and sharing with us. And he was basically saying, listen, if you click on something, it can be used against you. They can pull it up. Oh, yeah. So that's what's scary. 
That that is what's really scary. Yeah, don't click it. Uh, did he really say? Uh, and, and of course, we know Satan tries all kinds of ways uh, to to get to us. You know, he's got his own little schemes and, and ideas. You know, and we call those familiar spirits. You know, and different things. But he, he's got a tactic. He knows he knows what he's doing. He does, man. You know, and uh, even with bad intentions. It's remember it's, remember what uh, Yeshua said to Peter: "Get thee behind me, Satan," because you know Peter had a great idea. Sure did. And he was going to try to stop the Messiah from going to Jerusalem and bring harm to him. But he's like, that's your plan, Peter. And that's what the devil was trying to do, is to thwart this whole thing. Um, as, we, as we switch gears here, uh, think about this as well. Oh, before we do that, uh, I just got done watching uh, one, of the, one of the episodes for World War II in color. And it was all about, you know, the Philippines and the islands and how the Japanese had taken over these islands. And uh, literally, they knew that they were, literally, their backs were against the wall. They knew the tide was turning. Yeah. That they could not lose these islands because then once the Americans or the Allies established some kind of a beachhead or, or, or runways and different things, they're going to be heading to Japan. So the interesting thing was they developed this this unit called Kamikaze Pilots. Ugh. And of course, you know, they drink the sake and... And then they, they get in their plane and they head for these ships out in Sucky. the Navy. And so what happened is, you know, they had to shoot them down before they got to the ship. But they were they were actually kamikaze pilots. Uh, another tactic that they used while they were on the islands is that they would st- just storm in great numbers, you know, uh, uh, you know, frontal assault or whatever. But what they what they also would do is they would strap these bombs on themselves. Right. And they would throw themselves under the tank and blow the tank up. Yeah. So you know that's out of spite, boy. That's some enemy. That's some enemy training. Yeah, buddy. Like, like you better be ready for anything. So it's just a side note today, uh, before the podcast. You know, um, the whole idea of the the kamikazes. They yell. What do they yell, Pastor Nick? Torah, Torah, Torah. Torah, Torah, Torah. Right. <laughs> that's not. And good. so uh, I, that's I'm. Not good at uh, all. I just happened to send him a picture because I saw a video yeah. called Torah, Torah, Torah. <laughs> In a store, and I t- snapped a picture and I texted it to him. All the while, he's watching about kamikaze pilots. I know. Is that relevant or I, what? I mean, come on now. So, so we're going to switch gears here because now Moses has this great song of deliverance, you know, and that's what we can always sing about. You know, that's why Elvis's movies were so awesome, you know, because he sang about everything. <laughs> yes, he did. Really, and you know, he's a good-looking guy. He could sing. How about, how about, come on, who doesn't love Elvis? Uh, I haven't found anybody. Uh, you you know, love Elvis. I, you I, know I you like do. him. You know. But anyway, we got to win this race. You know, he'd <laughs> sing about anything. He sure could. So the reason why I'm telling you this is because the Bible even talks about he'll put a new song in your heart. So check this out. Exodus 15, 20. And Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, or Aaron, took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her with timbrel and dances. Yep. So here we have the tambourine and we have dancing. And I have a little note here. Listen up, everybody. The arts are being restored back to the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. When it comes to drama or plays or, or song and dance. And, and I want to show you this prophecy. It's in Jeremiah 31, verse 4. All right. Let's see here. Jeremiah 31, 4. Check this out. So here we are in an incredible chapter, by the way. And it I, is, I don't man. have time to get into all of it. But... In, in Jeremiah 31, 4, matter of fact, the caption, uh, the title of this chapter is, oh, a happy return. Is it really? Here it is. Jeremiah 31, 4. Again, I will build thee, and thou shalt be built, O virgin of Israel. Thou shalt again be adorned with thy tabrets, and shalt go forth in the dances of them that make merry. Wow. 
Now, that's one verse, but there's also another verse in Jeremiah 31. That was verse 4. This is verse 13. Then shall the virgin rejoice in the dance, both young men and old together. For I will turn their mourning into joy and will comfort them and make them rejoice from their sorrow. Notice the old together, the young men and the old. Yeah. You know, this this actually this ministry, this church, this community, Beit Tehillah was actually founded on a dance ministry called Tabernacles of Praise with, of course, uh, Pastor Tifa. She started this Hebrew folk dance team, Tabernacles of Praise. She sure so did. that's where we have congregational dance. If you get a chance to go on our YouTube channel, those of you that are listening to this podcast, check out Bait Tehillah's YouTube page. It, it's like Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime. It's a buffet of teachings and guests and songs and dances. And so, Ryan, what we're really witnessing is an incredible revival uh, in the dance. And so no sooner they have this great celebration, all these cool things are happening, the children of Israel murmur against Moses because of their thirst. Oh, come on, Harry. And so it begins. (laughs) And so it begins. Because, you know, Ryan, let me tell you something. And, And I'm going through the same thing with the Lord. You know... At least the Israelites had food and and shelter and water, clothing or whatever. They had the basic needs that were met. And and they were slaves, don't get me wrong. But now all of a sudden, they literally had to trust the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And this is any movement to go from, you know, dependency to freedom. I mean, when you're a teenager, right, and you live on your parents' dole, and then at some point you get the boot out of the nest— you know, you now have the responsibility that goes along with oh, your freedom. Oh, that's tough. I, I, I needed roommates. My brother and I and somebody else, we needed all three of us right. to pay the bills. Well, and, then, and if you don't get along with others, you're yeah. not going to have a roommate. Well, and any and other, That's what happens to a lot of people. Yeah, any other movement, you know, whether any of the revolution, even the American Revolution, right? Once you've, once you've severed yourself from the place that was providing, now you have... Um, you have a responsibility on your shoulders that comes along with that freedom to supply and provide for yourselves. And so um, in this case, they go from having the Egyptians as their masters to having God as their master and serving him. You know, that's interesting because basically, you know, um, I mean, my thing is, as you really study this out, it's interesting because what's happening? Uh, They have, of course, the the bitter water at Mara. So there was water, but it was bitter. That's like a tease. You know, because it says here, so Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea in Exodus fifteen twenty two, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Mm. Now, how I don't know how long you go without water, but it's not as long as without food. One would hope that they had some water reserves. But so when by, they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah, which means bitter. That's where you get the, the bitter herbs, Marah. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord. And the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them. There you go. Check it out. That, that is incredible. And said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. So he's asking them to serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
not all these Egyptian gods, and he'll keep sickness far away. And of course, we can see this. Uh, let's get into uh, well. Let's well. I tell you what. <laughs> look at look at this. This is interesting. You're going to go ahead and read. Uh, let's go ahead and read Exodus chapter 16 verses one through four as we continue on because now they're thirsty, but they're going to be hungry too. So let's read Exodus chapter 16, verses 1 through 4. All right, here we go. It says, And they took their journey from Elim, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came into the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after their departing out of the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the uh, by the them... By the, I'm sorry, would, would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and when we did eat bread to the full? For ye have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day, and uh, that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. Man. Wow. So here's another accusation the children of Israel charged Moses with when they thought they were going to die. That, hey, he brought the whole assembly into the wilderness to kill them with hunger. You know? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's interesting. You know, it's an accusation. You know, and like the accusations of, of people trying to accuse us of, of going into Judaism or leading people into Judaism, there's no such thing. Go on our website, check out our vision, check out the mission statement. It's all right there. Yeah, it sure we're is. Not, we're not doing that. We, we, are, we are Christians with Torah. Uh, I love Exodus 16, 12. I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel speaking to them, saying at even, you shall eat flesh, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God. Now here's an interesting note. So in the evening, the Lord provided quails that covered the camp. Bird, meat, flesh. They say if you're O blood type, you need meat. I may be positive, but I'm not really desiring meat all the time. I could probably be a vegetarian or, or vegan, but but I, I do enjoy the taste of meat or whatever. But that's that's for those that are listening, that's your choice. Yeah. But I, I have found that O blood types, they need meat. I'm an O blood type. And you're always eating like beef jerky and turkey jerky right after the church. See, I know this is right. What are you going to do? We can do a little survey here, you know. Um, interesting, you know. And so he, of course, uh, provides uh, the quail cover the camp. Uh, and then, of course, what's going to happen is we're going to see some manna coming. Um, um, and so what did the children of Israel call the bread they gathered in the morning? Manna, which means in Hebrew, what is this? What is this? Can you give me a little description of the manna? Ryan, some verses here in regards to that. Let's see here. What was it like? You know, you know, you ever heard of like little Debbies and yeah, all these kind of things and Twinkies. But can you can you find a description of, of what? This yeah, it's actually... in verse thirty-one. Um, it says there. It says, and the house of Israel called the name thereof manna, and it was like coriander seed, white, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. And Moses said, This is the thing which the Lord commandeth, fill an omer of it to be kept for your generations, that they may see the bread wherewith I have fed you in the wilderness when I brought you forth out of the land of Egypt. 
Very good. You know, any manna left until the next morning, it bred worms and stank. You know, it goes back to the great I am, that he's timeless, the timelessness, that he's a present God, you know. So any manna left until the next morning, bred worms and stank. You're not going to want to eat it. Uh, no leftovers on that on that day. On the sixth day, they gathered double portions for the next day. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So once again, there will be no manna on the seventh day to be found because it's a, it's a Sabbath, it's a day of rest. So they would have enough on the sixth day for the seventh day. I like that. Yeah, me too. That's pretty cool. Uh, and of course, the manna tasted like wafers made with honey. Wow, that sounds really good. And an omer full of manna was put into a pot for future generations. Uh, I find it interesting if you if you take the ark, the three things that were put in the ark, Ryan, originally was Aaron's rod, the commandments, and manna. I just said this like five well before we started the podcast to somebody that was here, a visitor. So, so those three things. In the, in the, I want you guys to listen up on that. You could break these three things down. It means divine of the Lord. So, what does the rod mean? It means that you have a church government. It literally means that you have leadership. You have a staff. You have a rod. Yeah. Okay. You're being represented. It's not a free for all. Remember the the concept or, or the the saying: you're going for the carrot on the stick. Because if you don't get the carrot, you're going to get a stick. Oh, for sure. So I don't want the stick. Me neither. And he's going to rule with the rod of iron. So what are you saying, Pastor? What I'm saying is that any organization or anything to do with the kingdom of God, you got to have good leadership, integrity, character, truth, justice. But you also have to have the commandments, which are your teachings and instructions. Does the rod represent these things? It should. And that's what's really happening. And then, of course, what happens, God says, if you have this thing, the leadership and the commandments, you're going to have this pot of manna, meaning that you will be provided for. You won't have anarchy. Come on, somebody. This is a good word. It is. This is a good word. And the children of Israel ate manna for 40 years. Man, you talk about leftovers? They ate manna for 40 years. And they, of course... Once they got into the promised land and they got situated and they started to battle, uh, it was at that time of Passover that Joshua took them into the promised land. And of course, a generation wasn't circumcised, so they had to be circumcised, just like Moses' son had to be circumcised before they could be delivered, because the Abrahamic covenant is all about the circumcision, even the circumcision of your heart. So this is all relevant for today. And, uh, And so once again... We're going to go ahead and get into Exodus chapter 17, uh, verses 1 through 7. All right, you ready? All right. And all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin after their journeys according to the commandment of the Lord and pitched in Rephidim, and there was no water for the people to drink. Wherefore the people did chide with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, Why chide ye with me? Wherefore do you tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water, and people mur- and the people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, What shall I do unto this people? They be almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go on. Uh, before the people, and take with thee of the elders of Israel, and thy rod wherewith thou smotest the river, take in thine hand, and go. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb. 
and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, and that the, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah. Because of the children, I'm sorry, because of the chiding of the children of Israel, and because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Wow. Wow, I was right. That is unbelievable. And so when the children of Israel, of course, complained of thirst in Horeb, you know, what did Moses have to do to the rock in order for water to be provided? He had to smite it. He had to strike the rock, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, this is interesting because, it, actually, I was just looking at, uh, and, and I was just thinking about in James 4, 1, it says, From whence come wars and fightings among you? They not Come they not hence, even of your lusts that war in your members? You lust and have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lusts. You adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. So, you know, when there's fighting and bickering, that's when the enemy can come right on in. Oh, yeah. You know, and right boy, now, does he, man. He takes every democratic opportunity. the candidates right now, the Democratic Party. You know, the enemy's coming in there uh, because of the division. Oh, for with sure. With the top Democratic candidates, whether it's uh, Vice President Biden, it's, of course, um, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren. You know, these people, they're, they're, they're fighting and bickering and, and, and name-calling and making accusations. So, you know, this is what the setup is. This is actually what this is is, is happening. Uh, what's interesting about striking the rock is in 1 Corinthians 10, 4, let me find it here. 10, 4. Why don't you find it? For Roger me? that. Oh, I can. 1 Corinthians 10, 4. Is that in the or New Testament? I, can, I, I got it. Oh. Check this out. I know, I know. I got the tabs. I'm cheating. I got it All right, already. 1 Corinthians 10, 4. You can read it. No, it's good. It's good. I did got you it. really find it? I did. Yeah, boom. I really, man. I insist. You do, oh, then it, I would be my great pleasure. I want you to read this. <laughs> and did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Wow. Now, you know, you know, there's this thing going on, uh, this theory or whatever. And, and like I said, it's just a theory uh, to think about that there literally was a rock that followed them in the wilderness, this rock. Uh, and supposedly, it, it of course made its way into uh, Great Britain, and it's actually under a throne today, uh, which which is just fascinating to me. I mean, you know, who knows? Oh, but, listen. But I'm just saying that it's interesting that you know, uh, and who was the rock? But it was that rock that followed them in the wilderness. It'll be interesting to see, you know, because there's there's been a lot of right. It's been a long time since any uh, there's been a coronation, right? So it's been since Queen Elizabeth that anyone has been coronated so it'll That's be right. prince william when he during his coronation whenever that comes up well prince charles is, uh, didn't they aren't they aren't they bypassing him? i don't think they're bypassing him there's a lot of interesting things about the monarchy but from my understanding he's going to be the king but there could be something in the works i don't know we shall he, see he's next in line uh, he's he he was prince right charles for sure. is the next in line so anyways so back to what i was saying that it'll be interesting to see when the coronation comes up if they do in fact use this coronation seat that has all this mysticism around it and play and if that stone is in it because i've seen pictures of the um of the coronation seat many times but it doesn't have the stone placed in it right 
So they have this area. That's for interesting. It. So we'll see if because they what they do is they bring it out of the I vault. Thought, I've not really done an in-depth study on that, but it's it's fascinating. And then and then to find some uh, official source from the monarchy, right? Some you know Buckingham source that talks about the stone and what it is, and, and all just that. like uh, the the whole the the spear, remember. The spear. Oh, right. Well, Hitler, and then Hitler like, had the spear. And the flakes off the cross. Different things. Yeah, yeah. Di- artifacts and stuff. Uh, but we're going to be switching gears now. So just remember, whenever there's arguing and fighting and lust, the enemy comes right into your camp. Oh, yeah. He just camps out. Uh, but here we have the first battle. <coughs> In Exodus chapter 17, I want to read verses 8 and 9. Now we're getting into some drama. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel and Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out, men, and go out. Fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand. Now we've got this character, Amalek, and we have the first mention of the great leader to be, Joshua, the son of Nun, right? The Ephraimite. That's right. Now listen, Amalek is, of course, he is the grandson of Esau, okay? He is the grandson of Esau. Yeah, but we're not going to give him a pass just because he's family. No, we're not, but we're going to check this out. So Moses uh, brought to the top of the hill Aaron and Hur. Okay, uh, there's the three. Moses brought to the top of the hill Aaron and Hur. And when Moses' hands were held up, Israel prevailed. When Moses let his hands down, Amalek prevailed. Mm-hmm. I like that. Joshua and the children of Israel, they defeat Amalek. Come on. So see, it just goes to show, you know, uh, I need David's mighty men like Orion you know, yes. Will and Arr. Tom and, and Mike and all these great men at, at Beit Tehillah, David's mighty men, you know. Uh, this is what we need because you know why? Because it's important for someone to lift up my arms and to help me, right? Because it talks about the wearing down of the saints, even in the book of Daniel. And so uh, Joshua and the children of Israel defeat Amalek, and a memorial was written in a book that the Lord will put out the remembrance of Amalek. Now, this is interesting, you know, because this is what happened. Uh, The name of the altar that Moses built after Amalek was defeated, check this out, Jehovah Nisi, Mm -hmm. the Lord, my banner. Oh, yeah. You know, it talks about in the Bible, returning back to our ensigns or our banners or the posters, you know, the... The, the, you think about it, these, these, these tribal banners, uh, an ensign, you know, uh, even the state of Israel flag is a type of ensign. It's a, it's a symbol. It's a picture, mm-hmm. uh, the picture of the American flag, you know, but the Lord, my banner, he, he built this altar. An altar always shows ownership. Yeah. Now, in Exodus 17, 16, for he said, because the Lord hath sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek, from generation to generation, okay? Exodus 17, 16. Uh, you can also find this reference or, or like it in Deuteronomy 25, verses 17 through 19. Now, w- let's see. Let me go to, let me go to that verse, uh, Exodus 17, 16, okay? Now, uh, it says right here, For he said, because the Lord hath sworn, because the Lord hath sworn which actually means this because the hand of Amalek is against the throne of the Lord. So see, when we are, the enemy comes into our lives, Ryan, he's literally against the Lord because to be Israel means a prevailing prince, co-ruler with God. It means to be as God. And this is where the description comes. We're not gods, but to be 
as God or like God, meaning that we represent him. Right. He's in us. He indwells in Ambassador, us. We're ambassadors. Agent. You know, this is a good word. Uh, even the Jewish sages say, even the modern day rabbis say that Amalek is, is, a, is a person that comes into your life with a bucket of cold water to put out your fire. Ugh. To thwart you, to stop you, to discredit you, to, to make accusations. You know, but you got to remember now, Agag the Amalekite can be found in 1 Samuel 15, verses 1 through 35. Oh, yeah. You can find Agag the Amalekite uh, in there as well. So remember, this is an enemy that not only hates the Lord, but he hates his servants. Yeah. And, he, and he's going to come after us. See, for those of you listening to the podcast, the Bible says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, he will flee from you. Yep. Remember when Yeshua was in the wilderness, the enemy came to him. Yeah. And then he left, and the angels ministered to Yeshua. Right. So it's not a constant battle all the time with Satan. He comes in seasons. He comes at, at certain times, you know, and then he comes back, you know. And so remember that. If you submit yourself to God, resist the devil, he will flee from you. So once again, we have this first battle. And by the way, Joshua is a person who was not only in, in Egypt under bondage, but he comes out into the wilderness, but also he, Joshua is going into the promised land. I want to dedicate this podcast to all of you that have come out of the world. You're born again. Amen. You're dedicated to the Lord. You know that the world is not your friend. You're in the world, but you're not of it. And you're born again. You're coming out. Well, let me, let me tell you something. That's Joshua. That's what he did. Listen, now you're in the wilderness. Now we're, we're, we're moving forward. We're, we're moving towards the gates to the land. Think about it. That's you. That's Joshua. He, he endured the wilderness. He passed the test. Listen, for those of you who listen to the podcast, I encourage you to be in the promised land, to look towards it, to see it, to taste it. To go on trips, whatever you have to do. I've been seven yeah. times. I've been blessed to go seven times. But but I'm, all I'm saying is that, you know, uh, what's the next step for the Hebrews of the Christian faith? Think about it. Even geographically speaking, think about it. So here we have it. That's right. Now, because of this particular portion, Ryan, uh, what two lessons can be learned from this Torah portion? Uh, Beis Shalak, when he sent. Um, what, what two lessons can, can you deduct from this that you see that really stands out? So my two go together. The first one is that Yeshua is in this Torah portion, right? So you hear about him um, in uh, Exodus 15, 2, where it says that the Lord has become uh, the salvation, right? And that salvation is Yeshua. So how awesome is that? You ever looking for Yeshua in the Torah portions? There he is. Um, and use the salvation, use the deliverance that God has given you in the past, that he's already given you, to propel you forward. You know, when we watch the example of the Israelites, it's a real example. And boy, they act like we do. Hey, God did this for me yesterday, but hey, Lord, what have you done for me lately? You know what I mean? Use the, the, the deliverance that God has given you to step up and step out of the situation that you're in. Don't put yourself back in those situations so you, have, you need the deliverance again. You know, go forward, go do what the Lord has called you to do. Use the deliverance that he's given you for your benefit and for the benefit of the kingdom of God. That's why he delivers you. He delivers you so you can serve him. Amen, hallelujah. Oh man, that is excellent. You know, it's interesting in our outlines that we do every Monday night, uh, the question is, what did the Lord become to the children of Israel in Exodus 15, 2? And it's salvation, which is, of course, Yeshua. And so I put a little bullet point here. Here's the discussion. Uh, can you sing a song in regard to your own personal salvation experience? When I first got saved and everything, I was just really just 
excited about the Lord and, and, and who he is and who I am in him. And it was like, it was like, you know, I, I was like reading and it's Isaiah 118, Ryan, if you want to find that and read it in Isaiah 118, I was reading this, uh, cause I was starting this new, this new reading cycle in Isaiah and I was reading Isaiah 118 and it just jumped out to me this, this song that I'm going to play for you. Uh, but, but here's our Lord. And I love, I love how he wants to reason with us. He does. He says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. So so these chords came to me. The song came to me, and I want to play it for you. Come now and let us reason together. Says the Lord, and though your sins are as scarlet, oh, they will be as white as snow, and though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. So come now and let us reason together, says my Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. Though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. Thank you, Lord. You want to reason with us? You're a holy God, and we love you. And your sons and daughters are listening to this podcast. You love them. They are good enough, and you're not mad at your children. You're loving your children. You're gathering us, Father. We're overcomers, and we just thank you for this. In the name of Yeshua of Nazareth, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. What a great tour portion this has been. As usual, if you want to reach out to me, you can email me at ryan at twopraise.net, ryan at twopraise.net. Um, and then uh, you can call the office here at 813-654-2222. Uh, and don't forget to live stream our services every Shabbat, every Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, you can go to topraise.net and uh, click on the live tab there, or you can uh, watch on YouTube. Uh, and if you list, if you watch on YouTube or anything like that, you make sure that you uh, subscribe and also click the little bell so that you get the, uh, the notifications whenever we're live or whenever... Uh, we've got a new video or something out. So God bless you guys. Have a great week.